headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. What a joy it is to welcome you today. Of course, this is Friday, and we're looking straight ahead into the weekend, looking forward to Sunday coming. And this Lord's Day, I'll be at the Trinity Baptist Church in Warrington, Virginia, that's just outside the nation's capital, about a 30-minute drive on Route 29. And uh, we look forward to being there, had the privilege to be there in that church many times over the years. And we're looking forward to a great, great time this year. Now, I'll not only be there Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as well. This will be a revival-style meeting, and I look forward to seeing many, many of our friends there in the northern Virginia area at Trinity Baptist Church this Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Now we're looking today at number five in this series of studies that we have done on the godly Christian. We're talking about a person who is saved, actually getting themselves to the place where that they are representing the Lord in a really good, strong, powerful way. Now, we've looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that talks about the contrast between light and darkness, between righteousness and unrighteousness, between God and an idol, all of those things we've looked at carefully so that we understand there is a difference. There is a distinctiveness that is to be drawn. Now, yesterday I was talking to you about some things that Jesus gave in the Sermon on the Mount when he suggested that the law, talking about the moral codes of God, are still in effect. They have not been abrogated. They have not been rescinded. They've not been revoked, but instead they are fully in place. So yes, God expects us to be truthful, not liars. Yes, he expects us to be honest, not thieves. And yes, he expects us to live clean and not adulterate ourselves. Now, here's where we are. Verse 20 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus went on to say, I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's a powerful statement. The scribes and Pharisees were moral people by and large, and uh, they thought if they would just do and do and do that everything would be fine. But what Jesus is telling them and us is this. The righteousness which we have to have is greater than what we can produce. So we need that declared righteousness where the Lord accords or commends to us and puts on our account the righteousness of Christ. It is declared to us, made available to us as a free gift, and that is necessary if we're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. At the same time, I think this verse tells us that the new normal— for a Christian is not less of a moral lifestyle, but it's more of a moral lifestyle. That is what should be absolutely normal for every single person who is a Christian. Now, the new normal is not what people are looking for so often. So often it's like, how much can I get by with? How little can I do? How much can I do and still be like the world and be thought of as a Christian? Now, I'm not trying to throw rocks here. 
I'm just trying to lay the picture out carefully so that you'll understand where I'm coming from and so we'll understand that there are some expectations from the Lord about how we do business. And I think it is very clear here that the Lord is saying it ought to be more and not less. It ought to be greater and not just some mediocre thing that you're going to be doing and putting up with. Now, here's some things that we need to consider as well. The Bible tells us that as his sons and daughters, as Christians, as a godly Christian, we have a responsibility to be an ambassador for the Savior. You remember in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 20, the passage says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So what does the ambassador do? He represents the Lord. He represents the head of state, in effect. And here we're looking at the Lord's kingdom, the Lord himself. He's the king of kings. And as his children, we represent him, and we make the pitch we make the plea to other people and we say to them, get yourself right with God. Get reconciled to God. That's our post. That's our position. And we are appointed to be ambassadors on behalf of the Lord, representing him and standing in his stead. We are here now, his advocates, his representative, his spokespeople, and we are to be his witness and testimony. I'm glad that I can wear the title and hold the position of an ambassador. It means a lot. It's a big position, and it really should be held with dignity. It ought to be held with distinctiveness. It ought to be the kind of thing that you and I simply say, I will do the best that I can do to represent the one who appointed me, to represent the one who saved me and qualified me, certified me as an ambassador. It's really, really a big deal, folks. I'm telling you, I get all excited just thinking about that. Now, here's another thing. In John chapter 15 and verse 2, Jesus said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So we remember the Bible lays out this illustration here, and it says that Jesus is the vine and that you and I are the branches. And the branches, of course, are the place where that the fruit is born. We do not see fruit down on the trunk of the tree. It's not going to be born in some other way, but the fruit is always on the branches. And you and I are ambassadors because we are serving the Lord with godly intent, with godly direction. We're becoming more like Christ, becoming the godly Christian that he would have us to be. So we are appointed ambassadors. And he says, look, the fruit is going to be born by you, on you, with you. I mean, it's just imperative that you and I understand if there's going to be fruit in God's kingdom, where is it going to come from? It's going to come because you and I get our act together, because we get things working like we're supposed to get it working, and we make it work as the Lord would have us to do so. Now, we also need to understand that we have a stewardship that uh, is ours. We are entrusted like trustees. We are entrusted with the gospel. We are entrusted with the responsibilities of the Lord's work. And we are, in fact, stewards of the Lord's work. He wants us to be good stewards 
and to make good use of every opportunity that we have to minister the word to those who need to hear it. That's why in 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You and I have access to the grace of God, and we have responsibility to proclaim the grace of God, and we are to be good stewards of that. When somebody entrusts something to you, they are expecting that you will handle it well. And that ministering of the gift of God, the ministering of the grace of God, I mean, that just simply means that whether we're counseling somebody one-on-one, whether we're giving advice to somebody that asks a question, or whether we're up in front of a crowd preaching and teaching, we must be ready to minister to other people with the message of God that they really need. So many folks these days are looking for what they want to have, and they're not listening to what the Lord has to say. And you and I, because we are His ambassadors, we have the responsibility and the privilege to say to people, wait a minute, it's not your business to figure this out. It is not your solution that's going to make this work. It is, in fact, the necessity of hearing from the Lord. And so what you and I do, we have been entrusted. The gospel has been put in our hands. The word of God is in our hands. And we are mere stewards of that and appointed by the Lord to do his work for him. He intends to do everybody good. He intends to be a blessing. He intends to do great things eternally for as many people as will allow it. But you and I are the instrument for getting that message communicated. Uh, We're all familiar with what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, where he indicated that we are both salt and light. Now, the fact is, it's wonderful to be an ambassador. It is absolutely great that you and I can be a branch on the vine with the Lord, and we are, in fact, stewards of what he has entrusted to us, but we also are salt. I mean, our world is perishing. It is rotting at the core, and you and I have the great word of God. I mean, we have the gospel. We have the moral codes, the commandments of God. We have the word of God. All of that can be salt that will preserve what is about to be destroyed if we will simply make it available to people. Salt not only preserves, but of course it heals and it seasons and it just does a great job. Now, in addition to that, Jesus also said that we are light. And of course, light illuminates. Light puts darkness in its place. Darkness flees when light is turned on. And of course, light is essential to life. It brightens the dark places. It brings heat where there is a need for heat. It enhances our well-being in every sense of the word. I mean, when men light even a candle, they can place it in such a way that it can be of use to all of us. And what does a little candle do? What does a big beaming beacon light do? Well, they just shine. They shine everywhere, and they shine all of the time. And that is exactly what you and I are supposed to be doing, dear friend. We are supposed to be shining like a beacon light out into the world that is so laden, so engulfed in darkness, and we have the privilege of giving out the light and sharing with that darkened world him who is, in fact, the light of the world. And all of this, all of this is a testimony to the fact that you and I are to be his witnesses. The Bible tells us again and again that we are to be his witness. Now, 
A witness is somebody who has seen something, and he will tell what he saw. Now, if you've not been saved, you haven't seen what you need to tell. And if you're going to tell what you need to tell, dear friend, you need to see the Savior. You need to see the plan of salvation. You need to acknowledge that. You need to put your trust in the Savior. You need to lock it in that you are saved, and then you have something to tell. Thank God we have seen something. It is an old, old story how the Savior came from glory, but he indeed is the one to whom we need to be giving full acknowledgement. We need to be heralding his message and telling that out across the land. Every one of us today, dear friend, every one of us can be a steward for the Lord. We can be an ambassador for the Lord. We can be that branch on the vine, and we can be his witness giving full testimony. And this is what a godly Christian should be doing. This is where it should head us. It should take us in that direction so that we are indeed what he would have us be and what he would be pleased with us being. So that's why he says you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. And then he mentions Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. That's what we can do. And I'm thankful that I've had the privilege to talk to you this week about the godly Christian. Now, dear friends, let me remind you, Sunday's coming. I hope you'll be in church on the Lord's Day. And uh, I want to encourage you as well to write me a note. I would love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a great weekend. And goodbye for now. <music>